welcome to the That's My Sister podcast. I am Tiara, and that's my sister, Lenore. You are listening to the show where we discuss interesting happenings around the world through the eyes of faith. Today we are going to talk about the joys of being PKs, preacher's kids, that is. We're going to talk about the privileges, the pressures, the pitfalls. It'll give us a chance to reminisce on our childhood. And we're also going to discuss crystals, burning sage, and all that Christian mysticism stuff. What's biblical and what's bubba bogus? <laughs> yes, I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. Nora will be our scholar for that portion. Hey. All right. But all first right. up, PKs, preacher's kids. As you all know, my sister and I. Uh, grew up as not just preacher's kids, pastor's kids. Um, our parents, both of our parents, uh, started at a church when we were about, well, I think I was about seven, maybe eight. Lenore was five or six. And they founded a church um, in Chicago. So we literally grew up and spent our entire childhood <laughs> as pastor's kids. So we'll start with the good. Lenore, what were your joys being a preacher's kid? What did you enjoy most? Is there anything? Can you find a joy in being a preacher's kid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I would joy. we got the good food. I was about to say that too. Like, <laughs> we did get the good food. There was always that food, you know, they reserved for the pastor ministers. You were privy to that food. <laughs> And if you had a friend, either that friend's mom was part of hospitality, something you could share with that friend or your other friends like, yeah, your friends knew what was up. They were like, we ain't get that food y'all got. Bring me back. Right. (laughs) Oh, that is true. You did get you did get the good food. And I will say, too, looking back, maybe at the time we didn't see it, but a a lot of, like, that special ministry time that sometimes happens after a service is over or when the uh, whatever guest preacher is done preaching and they're in the back having conversation, um, you did get to be privy to some of those conversations and prayers and sometimes you got prayed and prophesied over so that was pretty cool as well I agree so I enjoy that so I guess we have a majority pitfalls and (laughs) and pressures I guess I will say one thing and it's not to complain let's not say we're complaining we're just talking about the differences that it was reminiscing being a PK but I do, I do know that people did treat you differently because you were the pastor's kid. So there were things that people would say, oh, you don't know nothing about that because you're the pastor's kid. Or yeah. you wouldn't have seen this show or heard this song. Or what do you know about that yeah. because you're the pastor's kid? I think... And then for me, like my true friends and the people that still are in my life are the people that didn't really see me different. Mm -hmm. Um, Even like when I went to high school, 
I just purposed in my heart that I didn't want any any friends that knew me from church. So mm-hmm. I formulated my whole separate crew of people that just accepted me as Lenora, and it made life mm-hmm. so much easier for me um, mm-hmm. because it's it's way too much when you're like church, home, life. Everything is church, church, church. Like it's just too much. It's like working with someone and then having to come home and live with them. Like that's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, So for me, like, I just remember, like, they were always around, like, church people. Church people, They're y'all in my house. Like, what (laughs) is just too much? And that's how I felt a lot of the times. Uh Um, But overall, I will say everyone, not everyone, there there were key people that were really kind to us and gave us a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, hanging out with them and stuff but overall I think there was a lot of pressure um, to be what people wanted you to be and not who you were if that makes sense um, but I what think do you like mean elaborate pressure who you wanted like what do you mean like they want you to be this picture perfect kid gotcha. who um, you know pretty much makes your family proud like you get great grades you do whatever like like for me I just felt like you know I felt like Tierra lived up to the standard of like the best child ever <laughs> and I was just dumb pretty much <laughs> oh, I was gifted please. but I just felt really like and that's how we were like my sister and I um, we grew up in a very competitive um, environment so mm-hmm. that it was what it was but we were never pitted against each other like that that but I always like competed with her because I wanted I wanted that praise that oh Tierra's just she got a four-year scholarship she scored the best like and it was just like okay well and I felt, I felt like you D's. got all the shine you and were my D's. everywhere I went Pete no one remember me here, Lenora. Here, Lenora's sister. So everyone knew Lenora because you were the singer, the dance. To this day, I go to some churches and they'll be like, "Here, Lenora's sister," or they'll think I'm Lenora. Somebody, I went somewhere the other a couple months ago, and somebody was like, "Are you singing tonight?" And I was just like, "No." <laughs> You're probably thinking of my sister. So you were the dancer, the the singer. You had the. Creative. Yeah, and I, so I, it's Sad. opposite lives because right. we're we're still the same. So like, I'll run into Tierra's high school friends, and they think that I'm her, and I'm like, mm, no. no. So it, it it is that way um, for us. But I really think you know our adolescence was was really hard um, for Tierra and I, and we didn't really realize the power of the two of us working together. Um, I think until we really, when we wrote the play, I think we we really vibed and and uh, we united under stress. <laughs> under stress. And most times, in a lot of ways, we unite under stress too. Because right. um, I feel like. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you. No, off. no. I was gonna say as adults, um, but I definitely when we went to college, um, there was pressure for me to go to church. While I was, while I was, you know, freshman year in college, like, and mm-hmm. the campus of the church that my parents wanted me to go to was like super far 
from our regular campus and they expected me to get a ride and like live this life that I just didn't even want like just to impress these other pastors honestly that um you know will report back to my parents per se exactly what I was doing with my life and I hated that like it was just like I just want to be 18 and enjoy my freaking life like who why do you care about if I go to church or not and it was like legit pressure and um even the people that I dated if they didn't go to church it was a whole thing and I get the um I totally get the principles now that I'm an adult Mm -hmm. um but I just I did I felt I felt pressured and I've seen other pastors kids succumb to that pressure in a negative way um by the grace of God like we have phenomenal parents like our parents gave us a lot of attention but there were some pastors kids that don't get that and when they're neglected kids they 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 say hey no you're gonna pay me attention and so they they do what they do to kind of like okay I'm gonna do the opposite and then people Mm -hmm. talk people talk about you they talk about your kids like I remember um coming home from college because I ran out of money um, but heard a rumor that some people that no longer were going to our church were actually going around saying that I came home because I got pregnant and my parents Mm -hmm. forced me to have an abortion which is a lie but like when you hear stuff like that it's like where does this ridiculousness come from one and then why would you come back and tell me this too like there's it's a world that I think a lot of people don't even understand you know what I mean and and then there was the pressure to like finish college because y'all thought that that's what a pastor's kids should do um so it was a lot for me personally I think it's a lot of people and your I guess that could be any parent we'll not just say pastor's kids they want their children to do well because it's a reflection you know, on their parenting and their family. So, yes, you want your family to do well, but because we were a family that was, quote-unquote, like the first family of a church and the family that people, I guess, would look up to, and, you know, you look up to your pastor, you respect your pastor, so you're under more scrutiny, and people, you know, are looking to them as their, you know, spiritual guides and spiritual leadership. And in our church, you know, we're very well-rounded ministries. So they're looking not just at your spiritual life, but like your home life. So they expect that home life to reflect, you know, what they're being taught from the pulpit. And so there was that pressure to kind of like reflect the, like you said, the perfection and, you know, because you're the pastor's kid, no, you're not, you know, going to be doing this or listening to this or watching that or dancing that way or participating in certain things. And um, I feel like, like what you said, a lot of other PKs feel that pressure and it's just like, well, why can't I? Or why are you, you know, looking at me this way and nobody's perfect and or some, like you said, being spiteful because mom and dad aren't there. They're always at the church or whatever. I'm going to go do what I want to do. But um, thankfully, we didn't have that. That was not our story. Our parents 
gave us rain. I feel like we had a well-rounded life. We did things, extracurriculars outside of church. Yeah. And um, got to participate in things. Our parents supported us in that. But um, I don't, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it was a challenge. It was challenging. Some bomb survivor skills. Like, I remember when Tierra was allowed to, like, Get get away and like actually listen to me music. You were like going through like our history of black music and like mm-hmm. learning and listening to all of that. Um, I like the way Tierra talks is the way we were raised to talk. Like my parents would smack us for using poor English, but I was like the survivor. I was like, oh, I'm gonna learn this lingo. I can pretty much. I can code switch. Yeah, I can walk in one room. I'm gonna talk this way. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk another way in this room. Like turn it on, turn it off, real easy. Like survival mode. <laughs> but yeah. So, Laura, uh, let's get out of our own heads. Yeah. What do you feel about pastors' kids being seen as like the successors for their parents? Like, if their parents are pastors or preachers, that they should be pastors or preachers. What do you feel about, or what do you think about that? Um, a lot of people, and some, they automatically look like, oh, his son is going to take over the church when yeah. he retires. So in some ways, in some ways, I do believe that it's, it's true. Um, because in biblical terms, there were, what's the, what's the name of the tribes here? The people that were the kids. You talk about the Levites? The Levites. See, come on now, theologists. Mm -hmm. So they were the Levites, right? And Mm -hmm. so that's what they did. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do also feel as though um, no child or person, if God gives you a different dream or a different vision, that you have to succumb to that pressure if that's not what you want because you'll end up miserable trying to take Mm -hmm. on a mantle that's not yours honestly Mm -hmm. um and so i do like outside looking in i get it when it's grandpa was a pastor Mm -hmm. um that like dad is a pastor son is a pastor like i totally completely get that because it just happens but like um great example is my my pastor actually wasn't even going that route um his dad was a pastor but that's not what he was like he owned a business he was a barber and then mm-hmm. um the lord calls him into it and you know he um his dad asked him to like work with the youth and then he started mm-hmm. doing it and god gave him a passion so out of his obedience god gave him like a yeah, passion too. to do it. and then the youth ministry morphed into a whole church and now a whole two campuses and now you know the lord is really moving um and that's kind of you know was his journey for that and um so i just feel like everyone should take their own own journey and Mm -hmm. i really hope that um parents don't automatically assume that their kids are going to want to take on what they stepped into you say it's the family business well, not business but it is. some people do look at it that way but i agree with you too i believe that it's a calling what god calls you to do but yeah you think about it and then it's not always god's will either because even as wonderful as moses was in leading the children of israel 
his sons were not the next leaders of the yeah. children of Israel. It went to Absolutely. Joshua. So, and I, yeah, you know, sometimes let you got to look at where God is point, Right, where God that's is That's a whole different thing. You don't need to be somebody pastor. I'm right, because that's life. I'm Moses so, all day. Yeah, so you PKs <laughs> out there who may be feeling pressure, make sure you hear from God. Yeah. Don't allow anyone to pressure you. But the Lord, if the Lord puts the pressure on, then you succumb to that. But even your own parents or other people, you make own, sure, right, make sure own, you hear in his own way. And you allow him to change yeah. you. That's the difference. It's a beautiful thing when it's, when God does it, but it's an ugly thing when people do it. Amen. All right, well, I'm curious to know about these crystals and sage burnings. Uh, so yeah, so I've had some questions that I wanted to ask my sister. So Tierra actually me. actually has a degree in this, and this is why I was I have a degree in Christian leadership. Leadership. So she I studied the word more than me, and she knows scripture more than I do. Okay. So it's this thing like um, that's going around. It's really popular with our generation, the millennials. And uh, meditation, yoga, quiet time, all of that getting mixed with crystals, burning sage, burning candles, all these different things that to me are witchcraft. Mm -hmm. So um, I just want to know, like, first of all, I feel like, so this is what I've learned of crystals. Crystals are like everything in this earth scientifically emits a vibration. Mm -hmm. um, and we emit vibrations as well. And supposedly all of these crystals, um, be it amethyst, be it rose quartz, whatever it is, they all have a different um, jade. Mm -hmm. um, they all have a different vibration. Mm -hmm. And these vibrations are supposed to represent something. And if you attach yourself to the crystal, then therefore what the crystal is emitting will change you to emit th those things as well. Mm. So I'll just give you an example myself. Rose quartz. Rose quartz is supposed to um, represent love. And um, actually, I picked up some because I was like, oh, so if I maybe there's something wrong with me, maybe my vibrations are off. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I am going to go get me some rose quartz because maybe my vibrations ain't right. As soon as I got in the car, first of all, I was weirded out by the store because there was a lot of other things in that store. But I went on and, and got like a little piece. And as soon as I got in the car, the Lord was like, throw that out. <laughs> So I threw it out the window because I felt in my heart like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. So I was like, the blood of Jesus, this ain't for me. So it, I just knew it wasn't for me. And then um, one of my friends actually asked me about burning sage. And she wanted us to talk about it on the um, on the sh on the show. So um, these are the scriptures. Okay. I'm sorry, sister. I'm a, no, I'm going to let you talk on this one. Oh, on. okay. So this one, uh, Ezekiel 13 and 18, 
It says, this is what the Lord says, woe to women who put magic charms on their wrists and make veils. Will you ensnare the lives of my people just to preserve your own? I am against your magic charms that you ensnare people with like birds, and I will tear them from you and set free the people that you trap. I will tear off your veils and save my people, and they will no longer fall prey to your power. Mm. So that's one thing. Um, and then there's another one that basically says God isn't down with any kind of witchcraft at all, and you ain't getting into heaven. So along with the liars and hormone hungers, uh, people that work witchcraft um, or do like things like that, like and they, mm-hmm. people don't see crystals as as witchcraft, but to me it is. So I don't know, Tierra. Like, what do you think? As far as, I mean, I would have to study crystals. I don't necessarily believe that they hold any real value for for a saint. Um, and I feel if they did, it would be reflected in scripture, which it is not. Uh, I just, yeah, I know there's a lot of places where we as human beings sometimes take our eyes off of who we are worshiping and put it on other things. Like Mm. the glory and the power that should belong to the Lord doesn't go to the crystal, Mm. you know, and so the only... Yeah, even in biblical times when they burn incense in at the altar, it was a symbol of uh of um the prayers going up before the Lord as as smoke. Um so it it was symbolic of that, the burning of incense, but nowhere do you see God instructing, you know, the Israelites to burn it in their homes or you know, to clear away spirits. I thought that was just to cover up the smell like of the burning flesh. It could be, but they had me. It had meaning, and then God told them specifically what to put in those mixtures, even the oils that they used. He told them what to use, and He said it was only for those, you know, those purposes of worship, and it, you know, it had nothing to do with you know cleansing your home or cle- cleansing your chi or your shock, chakras, any of that. And you know the the one thing that we are given from Christ Himself, outside of prayer and the Word of God, is communion. That's the one thing He said outside of prayer and outside of the Word that we as saints should be doing. He said, "Do this in remembrance of Me." That was it. So I feel like a lot of a lot of the things that we have grabbed hold of or added on to is just frivolous things that inherently have no no meaning, no power, you know. So what about like I don't understand someone's thought process when they think that if they take the sage, the the leaves and they burn it is going to get rid of some type of But that's what you said earlier. When we were talking before, when you were talking about some things are passed down through our cultures. So it's things that human beings have come up with. 
outside of our faith that they have gravitated towards. So like our ancestors, people from the motherland, people, they have said that these things, you know, and, and we don't know necessarily origins and the origins of some of them could have been spiritual, not in a Christian spiritual sense, but spiritual in a maybe even a witch, witch, witchcraft sense to where this is what our forefathers did and this was how, you know, they cleansed their homes or whatever they did and now we're trying you know to it's filtered through our generations to now where people are still doing it but like you know I'm just a bible believer right you know if it's not and, a word what, to me the, I'm just like my eyebrows I do just, believe the bible 100% but I also do believe that the bible is tampered with and I also believe that the bible have some things in there that was meant to control um, and that that was used against us in slavery and things like that but in the same right I can recognize spiritual strongholds and and things Mm -hmm. that's not of God and Mm -hmm. I honestly don't believe like there are way too many scriptures that that say when the Bible say woe unto you like Mm -hmm. you need to pay a freaking attention like that ain't no (laughs) Mm -hmm. God don't like he don't like that so um and again, I believe that's that whole, you know, taking your eyes off of who you're worshiping and giving that power to something else. Like, there's no power in, you know, even the bread and the wine that we take as communion until it is presented, you know, in that sacred space and lifted up to the Lord and done in remembrance that then it becomes that sac that sacrament the anointing oil that we we use it's just oil until we you know present it and all these things are biblical and so things outside of that to me is us trying to infer on something else a power or a um prophet that God did not ordain for that thing to have so um, yeah it's <sighs> the blood I think is... it's a lot of right a lot of things we we don't see reflected in scripture we right see... and then a lot of that stuff like I just said the blood of Jesus reminds me a lot of that stuff God died for us to have power over right, like from. there's nothing that like can bring you wealth God mm-hmm. said, I have the power to give you wealth. Mm-hmm. So what the heck are you doing with this, right. this amethyst that's supposed to over attract, here thinking right. that it's going to bring you wealth? Like, right. no, bro. Mm-hmm. And the, we have power. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So there's no need to burn necessarily the sage to clear the spirits. You open your mouth as the owner of that home and you decree the word of the Lord and tell what needs to get out to get out. You don't need to burn the sage to do that you have the power God has given you the authority through his Holy Spirit to do some things so yeah and the only other thing I would say is to be very careful when you're in those rooms of meditation and when you're in those rooms because I did yoga and it totally helped me when I was grieving um, and I love it and I love meditation actually sometimes we do need to quiet our mind and shut up and just be at peace Mm -hmm. but what are you meditating on 
I I believe that it's better to meditate alone than in rooms where people can talk over you and speak things over you. Mm-hmm. You got to be super careful when your mind is open and then people are trying to connect you with the Mother Earth. Like, nah, bro. <laughs> So, so who do you, when you meditate and when you do yoga, what are you focused on for those of us? Who my breathing. Are curious. My breathing and I pray. Like I pray to Jesus, mm. my God, my Savior. But my meditation is more on my my breathing and quieting my mind because mm-hmm. I I'm a worrier, mm. um, and I'm a busybody, and sometimes I just need to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And cool, like be cool, calm, and collective. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish sometimes that like someone could just take my phone, like just take it from me, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm addicted to my phone. Mm-hmm. So um, those things, like when I when I do yoga, um, I will turn my phone off and stuff, and I will just like I'll be quiet. And sometimes I play worship music. And it's just me, like, it's my worship time, too. So that's what I call meditation. But yoga, like, like it helps those all those areas of stress um, mm-hmm. where you were, like, tension in your back and, like, things you just need to stretch. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what it is for me. So it's just more of a, a time of just, like, relaxation. Gotcha. But it's not so much, like, you know, I hate to see those pictures of those black girls when they're posing in the meditation uh, pose and then their eyes look demonic. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not me at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I do. Gotcha. Okay, well, this has been an interesting conversation. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Well, thanks for letting me talk this round with this one um, I feel like you talked this whole episode I did I, I think in. we should redo it actually but yeah. oh, it's all good you know some days different than others you talked the whole sex one so yeah so here we are God is good but yes it was a great conversation thank you all for listening if you all have your thoughts opinions maybe scriptures details about uh some of what we talked about that you would like to share and maybe enlighten us, brighten up our uh, minds with your wisdom, please feel free to share. You can visit us at that'smysistershow.com and find out ways to get in touch with us via email. We have one more episode to go this season. Our finale is coming up next week. We have a with special queen guest. Queen mother. <laughs> right. Special guest will be on the line. If you have any questions or thoughts you might want us to discuss with our mom, Apostle Arthurine Wilkinson, feel free to email and let us know. But uh, that's our show for today. We will see you next week. Bye.